So today I am bringing on one of my clients so that you can see yourself through somebody else's journey. This is a woman who did not want to, uh, she, she would rather fail public speaking in school than actually speak up and get the grade. So you are going to hear from Lisa Marie Robinson. She is the Sassy Wealth Coach. We've been working together for a while now. She is just really embracing using stages, using specifically stages, because she originally thought TV, but she's fallen in love with stages because of the impact she could have on more people. Let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lori Amirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed painfully shy girl red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Okay, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Thank you for having me. You just have such an interesting story, which is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you onto the podcast, not just because you're a client of mine, but you really are embracing speaking. But before we even get there, let's just talk about your story. Would you just kind of introduce yourself to my audience and give them a little bit the highlights of your path? Um, Sure. My name is Lisa Marie. I am the Sassy Wealth Coach. Um, I'm a money coach slash CFO for women entrepreneurs. Um, basically what I do is I help them change their money stories and their money mindset and manage their money better so they can step into what they're really wanting and having a money management system that works for them, their business and their lifestyle. Um, and when we do that, they find that they're not fearing their money so much and, that it's not full of chaos like we, most of us really believe. Yeah. How did you get here? Because you, you didn't, you know, like you don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be a money coach when I grow up. <laughs> no, um, I was in the corporate for uh, years. And if I'm honest, the I always wanted to own a business, but what I wanted to own was a consignment store. Um, I may still one day do that. Um, but I wanted to have a consignment store. Um, I, it's, I don't know. It's just something that's always been back in my head. I've always wanted it for say, I'll be 50 in July. And uh, for at least 30 years, I've thought about it. <laughs> okay. So there was always this entrepreneurial, like dream or voice in the back. But of it always head. seemed, it always seemed just beyond reach. Okay. Um, and I've always worked corporate and I have accounting experience. Um, I've always, uh, I wasn't always good with money, um, but I always tried to get better with it. And, and if I think back, there were times I was really good with it, but then all of a sudden it would be gone. And now I know that that's because I didn't have a good relationship with money. I had money stories that I believed and so the way I behaved with my money um, always made sure I got right back to where I was barely making it. Um, the last corporate job I had, I had for about 15 years. I was in their auditing, auditing accounting department, working 60 hours a week, barely making ends meet. Um, 
they'd already done, I don't know, up to a dozen layoffs over the years. Um, and the last one, I didn't make it through. So um, that was September of 2016. Mm-hmm. And... At first, I was really upset. I wasn't sure what I was going to do other than go start looking for another job. Um, but I kept hearing a voice telling me I was that now was my time and I was needed at home. Those are the words that kept replaying in my head. So I, I think I took about two weeks to finalize, make the decision. But mm-hmm. I made the decision. Um that my new job was going to be me working for myself. Um, I was already trying to do bookkeeping on the side. Uh, so I thought that would be, um, you know, kind of where I would go because my decision had been that if I was barely going to make ends meet, it was going to be on my terms. I was, I wanted, I wasn't going after it for money. I was going after it for freedom because okay. I Hold felt on like one. I had balls and chains. All right. What was it like? I just want to like dive into that decision when you were just like, that's it. I'm making, I'm starting my own business. I mean, what was that? Was that like you drawing a line in the sand? Um, Yes, it was like I was drawing a line in the sand. It was more or less um, a very scary line. Um, But it was a decision, honestly, after one week of me not working that corporate job, I had already started seeing that I didn't have to take the Excedrin uh, tension headache medicine as much and that I'd been literally three days without an Imitrex. And I basically lived off of Imitrex. Um, I had a prescription in my purse and I had Excedrin tension headache medicine like everywhere with me. Um, And so I thought long and hard and I made the decision of, okay, this is how I can make it work. And it was now or never. So I made the decision. And once I made that decision to hold myself accountable, I put it out there for the whole entire world to see. Um, I posted Talk about accountability. (laughs) Yep. I posted on Facebook. Now, was it well received by everybody? No. How do you know that it wasn't well received? Because I was told I was crazy. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, I was told I needed to act my age. I needed to go and find a job. I was told that I had um, responsibilities and I wasn't doing my responsibility. I was told that um, who did I think I was that I could run a successful business, which again, the whole purpose, you know, I know going in in order to make money, you know, the business needs to be profitable. But again, I'd worked corporate for over 20 years and the max amount of money I made a year was $45,000. Okay. So your specialty, you know, and I want to share this with the audience is that Lisa really helps people with their stories around money because stories, money mindset and money management go hand in hand. That's just, that's what she stands on like morning, noon, and night. But I didn't find that out at first. <laughs> right. Right. But here's what I'm hearing with all of these people who were giving you their input about you being crazy. Who do you think you are? Those were their stories right. that they were trying to put on to you because like, don't you go making a successful business because I've always wanted to have a successful business. 
but I never had the courage to act on my dreams. Or they have the money and they have a successful business and, you know, especially family, who are you to think that you could actually, you know, do this? You weren't born into money um, and you didn't marry into money. And so again, those are all stories. But what I found is that I'm really good with spreadsheets. I'm really good with finagling numbers. And so when I say finagling, like some, I had a client who gave me, she told me, she said, Lisa, I've had a death in the family. I'm coming into $15,000. I really want to be wise with this money. I had her give me a list of debt. I had her give me a list of some of the things that she wanted to do with it. Um, I had her give me a list of um, all the things. And I literally then gave her back three different ways that she could spend the money and it, or use the money and it'd be wisely, including like putting money up or whatever. And then we decided on what way um, she really wanted. She didn't want to use the money to pay off debt. What she was really wanting to do was put it towards uh, saving for a house with maybe a small portion being used towards something else. And so I gave her three different ways and she's like, oh my gosh, you, you gave me like multiple ways and all of it's like, it gets things accomplished. Now that's what I do. I have another client who says that I look at her bank account. I see the exact same amount that she sees, but I am able to determine, okay, you can do this, this, and this with it. And all she sees is a number and her mind just goes blank. And once I realized that the money stories affected our mindset and our mindset affected our money management, and I did a lot of work around that, I would found that I, one, I'm not the only one, especially with women. And I found that if we work on the mindset, we're able to actually be better at the money management. And so, um, because I've had clients who are great at money management, and they don't have a great mindset. And then I have clients who can manifest to cows <laughs> come home, but they're still broke because they're not managing their money. So I I stand on it. I, I'm the only money coach that says that money management, money mindset go hand in hand. They have to in order for you to truly um, live life on your terms and be wealthy. And to me, wealthy is having the freedom and living on living life on your lifestyle um, because we can all be rich and not be happy and live in life. Right. right. So look, can we just dive into that wealthy lifestyle? Because you and I have talked about this um, in depth that it's like one, you're not a cookie cutter money mindset, money management, mm-hmm. fractional CFO that's out there. You really believe in, and I, this is what I love about you is that like, you look at each client as an individual case. Mm-hmm. So when somebody is trying to create their wealthy lifestyle, like, what is that? How do you help them see that they're like, that their wealthy lifestyle is, is possible? Well, one of the things I do when I talk to a new client is I find out where they are, where, where are they at in their money management, their money mindset? Um, where are they at in their business? Um, where are they at, you know, uh, in all aspects of life. And that doesn't mean just physically, that means mentally everything because um, starting where the client is at is really important. Um, because if someone would have tried to start me, for example, working out and doing, um, you know, burpees from 
the very beginning when I hadn't worked out in God knows how long, um, I would have never continued, right? So, but when I started working out, my burpees were basically standing up against the wall with my feet out. And uh, now they're not. <laughs> Sometimes I wish they were. <laughs> um, but the point is, is, is I kept going because I was, my trainer started with me where I was at, which is the same concept I do with my clients. And then what we do is we look and I, you know, yes, we do a deep dive into their money to see if there's anything that needs to be tweaked or changed. But then we also, uh, I have them send me a list of all their goals, big, small, everything, anything and everything in between business and personal with a time frame that they would like. And then that kind of gives me an idea of, okay, you know what, this is, this pertains to this. This is how we can reach this. And so then I show the dots. Mm -hmm. And then I'll show them. So like, you know, I believe in buckets, you know, that I believe in multiple um, accounts. I actually had a client today say that my business accounts were so much simpler than my personal. <laughs> because of the buckets. Yeah. Well, I have less buckets in my business than I do my personal. So she, she said it was a lot simpler. I was like, yes, but you know, you're not saving for a specific vacation in the business. Whereas the personal, there's a lot more, uh, what do we call it ins and outs with our life. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, what I do is I have them list all those things and give it to me. And then, um, I'm able to help them see what's possible. So like a lot of times when my clients come to me, they think they know what the, uh, the it's a, called the profit first method. So they think mm -hmm. they want to do that, but they're not quite sure. And it seems overwhelming. And then when they work with me, I start off really small. I don't have them go open up all the accounts. I say, okay, this is what I want you to start with. Or if I see there might be a one account that we need to add, like, okay, this is how you can get here. And then with the personal ones, I'll have them and giving the goals. I'll say, okay, well, have you thought about opening up two personal savings accounts and naming it this and this? And they're like, why would I do that? And I'm like, based off of this. And then I, I help them see from, um, people hate the word budget, but I created what's called an all-inclusive budget. Mm -hmm. you call it a money management system, you call it spending plan. It's the same thing, but um, I create that and I help them, I help my clients with it. And what we do based off of that is we're able to build from it so that they're allocating the money where they really want it to go. I, I love that. And so you're getting your message out to the masses. Like, so we're going to like transition into how you are getting your message out there. And you stepped into speaking. You know, I remember you liking a bunch of my posts when I was launching my program in demand signature speech. And I was like, Lisa, why don't you consider joining this? And you were like, nope. Nope. I don't, I do, don't do group programs. <laughs> And your sassiness, like I have a tendency to mirror people. And so I just, I just mirrored your sassiness, you know, hence the name sassy wealth coach. Like, well, maybe we need to talk about working together. And you were like, yep. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 
Honestly, if you would have asked me, um, or if someone would have come up with a crystal ball and said, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, Lisa, you are going to be on stage speaking. I would have told them to go check themselves into a mental hospital because Lisa doesn't like getting on stage. Lisa hated public speaking. Um, so much so that um, I barely passed public speaking. Um, and then when I think the only reason I took it in college when I went back to school um, was because I could do it online. <laughs> and so it was share that story, share your story about about the online one because you shared that uh, that I recorded it five times before I she recorded it five times before she finally submitted it. <laughs> I'll give you one better that I haven't told you. When I went and started my business and eventually it started evolving. And once a coach said, you know what, why don't you do coaching calls with your clients? And I was like, coaching calls on the phone. They're like, no, via Zoom. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I only did like two a day because I had to go get dressed and get ready. And then I had to take deep breathing, make sure I looked okay, makeup and all from head up. And I know you've seen me plenty of times now, but you know how I show up to my Zoom calls most of the time. And his hair pulled up in a ponytail, no makeup on, and I'm in my workout clothes. But for the first six months to a year, I put on makeup before before. If there was a call starting at 11 and 12, I had to have 10 to 11 bought off for me to go get ready because I grew up corporate. You, that was the specific way. And one of the coaches I met with, honest to God, she came, she had some hair wrap around her head when I met with her. Cause I was like, she's like, honey, we work from home. We can wear whatever we want to wear. And I was like, Hmm. <laughs> I was what like, you mean I won't? Idea. You mean I won't be judged for showing up to a coaching call, you know, with one of my clients yeah. in my work outfit? Um, and I haven't been judged. <laughs> no, um, that's in that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I love how you have stepped into speaking. You know, just embraced it um, because you're sharing your story. Because and your story is making a difference. And whenever I, I, you know, talk about you to other people, especially like if I'm on a podcast as a guest, I'm like, I got another guest for you. She's got a great rags to riches story. And, but you're getting out there and just sharing your methodology, Mm -hmm. which is really changing other women's lives. I hope so. That's honestly, that's my mission. Um, I decided Again, I decided um, that one of the best ways to reach more women, uh, help empower more women to be able to stand on their own two feet, to be able to be empowered by their money instead of fearing it, was to be on other people's stages and pages, as a previous coach calls it. Um, And the best way to do that was speaking. So... um, I found uh, certain media outlets weren't my jam, but I found I'm finding um, that speaking on stage and podcasts and things like that are, um, especially speaking on stage. I mean, that's honestly, you know, I've set a goal at the year um, for uh, podcasts, but also speaking on stages. And 
we're halfway through and I'm pretty sure I'm going to set another goal for next year um, because I think it's important. I think if I'm able to, my idea is, is the more people I'm able to reach, the more women I can reach, the more people I can empower, then the more of us that are empowered by money, we can change the world. Um, Because honestly, when you read all the stuff about people that have, how they've changed the world, it's been one person at a time, right? But it's mm-hmm. a collective of one person at a time. So if I speak and I'm able to help someone in that audience and then they go and do the same thing or refer someone and, and it just, it's a domino effect, then um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of someone else realizing that money doesn't have to be a taboo subject. Money doesn't have to be full of chaos. And just because you didn't come from money and didn't marry into money doesn't mean you can't have money because I'm living proof that's not true. That's, that is so true. It's so, um, far, it's so far from the truth. But it's a story that some of us are often told and then we end up telling ourselves. We end up believing it. And, and, and we, tell our, we tell ourselves that story basically in our heads every, every day. And then if we have children, we're telling the children that. And then they, you know, again, like you're just repeating, like the way that you grew up, we're just repeating generations of this story. And you are, I mean, I know that you've got two little girls and you are changing like the stories that they're telling themselves about. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There are days I don't think they get it. And then there's days I think they do. Um, but I mean, it, it, again, it's, uh, I just think it's important for us to realize, you know, I, I'm constantly saying that just like mental health, uh, our society has made mental health and money such a taboo subject. It's something we're not supposed to talk about. We're not supposed to talk about whether we have money, whether we don't, how much money we make, uh, what we do with our money. We're just not supposed to talk about those things. And to me, I think we should be. I think we should be talking about all of it. Um, you know, I think there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. I don't think all debt's bad. Um, and there are a lot of money gurus that do. And I happen to disagree. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I tell people why. It's it's perfect example Buying a house is not bad debt. You know, many of us aren't going to have $40,000 to go put down on a house to do a 15-year mortgage. I make great money. I'm not going to be able to put enough money down to do a 15-year mortgage. There's no way. Um, However, me going into a 30-year mortgage wouldn't be a, to me, is is not a bad debt. Having credit cards isn't bad necessarily. It's what we're doing with them. It's how we're using them or utilizing them. And, you know, I tell people all the time, it's the same thing with your debit card. Are you spending it frivolously where the money's just disappearing or are you actually spending it wisely to where you're able to keep things paid off on a, you know, consistently basis. Um, and, and there's just, there's a difference. Yeah. And this is what, you know, like what Lisa's, what you're sharing with audiences to just to give them like, there's another way. So what's it been like crafting your story, your speech while we've been working together? A pain in the butt. <laughs> you have-
I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I would expect you to say something like that. <laughs> um, I, for me, it's been um, eye-opening. For me, it's been um, me actually realizing uh, and actually stepping into my power. Um, and, and even more so, um, stepping into, uh, what I'm passionate about and realizing that I can do this. Um, I am not perfect by any means at public speaking. I am not perfect at being on the stage. (laughs) Um, I come with many snafus, uh, along the way. But that's what makes your audience fall in love with you is that you're just real. (laughs) <laughs> because the last presentation, the my computer, I forgot to turn the snooze, snooze go to sleep thing off. There's always, I, you know, <laughs> like I told, now I told you, you. Now you know what happened when I was in Kentucky. Like every, and I have it set when it's not plugged up. Within two minutes, two minutes, y'all, it goes to sleep. Can you imagine how many times I had to wake that laptop up? So my, my, there's always that was an annoying second. And I couldn't really take the time to fix it. I was in the middle of my presentation, because but I have a note now that that is one of the first things I do. <laughs> and what, I what I hear from that story is the reason why you didn't go change it, you know, in the middle of your presentations, because you had so much that you wanted to share with that audience. You're like, I'm not even going to waste the two minutes that it's going to take me to go change this. You know, I just yeah, want to serve the audience. What someone would think, you know what I mean? I'm going to tell them, hold on a second and go and, you know, <laughs> and change it. And, and that be in the middle of a conversation. I mean, it was almost as bad though. Cause it was in the middle of a conversation when the thing would go out. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it's, there are always snafus, which is what I've been told um, by several people. Um, and so I've realized that um, being on stage is actually where I belong. I love that you're finally admitting that first off. Um, congratulations. <laughs> Have you, would you say that you've fallen in love with speaking to get your message out there? I would not say that. I would say I'm close. Um, I would say that I have fallen in love with the way I'm able to reach more people, more women that I'm, that I have fallen in, let me take that back. I have fallen in love with speaking on the subject that I'm absolutely passionate about. Um, When I, you know, I was talking to someone that I'm going to be on their podcast and they wanted to see if it was going to be a good fit. And he asked some questions and then he, you know, he stopped me and I was, and I found myself saying, I'm sorry, I could talk about this all day. He goes, no, that's what, that's what I'm seeing. And that's what I want. He said, that's why I'm, I'm asking you if you'll be on the podcast. And it's because I get so wound into it mm-hmm. because so many women, so many people, but especially women have a fear of money, whether there was money trauma, whether their stories that were told or stories they told themselves or they're starting over, whatever it is, we all have had some, uh, something to, that's just put that fear. 
Plus growing up, none of us were ever taught anything about money because again, it's a taboo subject. You're not supposed to talk about it. And if I'm again, being able to speak on stage and like you said, show them that there's another way. Show them that it doesn't have to be no debt at all to be okay. It doesn't have to be all this or all that, that, you know, one of my favorite sayings to one of my clients is uh, she said to me in the group program, she says, Lisa, she said, I've been told two different things. And I was like, okay, what? And she said, I need to live now, live now, live now. I only have one life. Okay. She goes, but then I also need to save for later, save for later, because you never know what's going to happen. And I just looked there and said, why not do both? Why decide? I love that. Why do you have and to she, And she looked at me and went, huh? I said, why not do both? Yeah. I said, why not save for later and live now? You can do both as long as you're planning and preparing it and you do it strategically that way. Yeah. Perfect example. I travel for bowling tournaments. I am also saving for trips. You know, this year I decided that I was going to be putting money up into an IRA account for my kids. Not for me, because again, I'm going to be 50. Um, so it's not really my retirement, but it's, if something happens, I want my girls taken care of. I'm saving for later, but I'm also living now. I'm going on these bowling trips. I'm going on vacation with my girls and sometimes without I'm going on business trips. Why not do both? And a light bulb went off in her head because she'd been told that she had to do it one way or the other. And now she's like, wait, I can manage my money and do both. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you can tell your story on social media and you can tell your story on stage. Yeah. (laughs) Use that against me, right? (laughs) You're well, you're doing both. I mean, you have, you do have a great social media presence and you're really embracing speaking, not only on stages in other people's audiences, other people's events, but also, you know, like you have a podcast goal, like how many podcasts you can be a guest on this year. Um, but let's, we're going to, I want to sort of address the, uh, the meet you in Kentucky, because even before you spoke, the woman who was running the event asked you to apply because she wanted you to come speak again next year. Yeah. That's what I took it as. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, uh, yeah. And, and again, it's um, I never would have imagined me doing this. I never would have imagined me stepping on stage um, in front of people I don't know. Um but I have found that being me and going and just being me works, you know? So like when I used to see people who stand on stage, they were all dressed prim proper in suits. And I think I've actually talked to you about that. You did say that. that. You said, if you tell, this is, if I you tell me I have to wear a pantsuit and a jacket, I'm out. Yes. <laughs> And I think you're like, why would I tell you that? Yeah, but I think I also like our next meeting. I was like, oh, by the way, you have to wear a pantsuit. No, because you need to. One of the things that I with all of my clients, it's like, 
whatever your personality is, I, you've got to have your personality on stage. If wearing a pantsuit is your personality, fantastic. It's not mine. It's not yours. You would rather show up in your cowboy boots. Or your sandals, my holy jeans. Sandals, and your jeans. And something colorful. Mm-hmm. You're very colorful. Mm-hmm. You know, a friend of mine, Steve Gale, sexy. <laughs> Yeah, my friend, Steve Gale, I mean, like he gave up the suits. He is a jacket and jeans kind of guy. Like that's, you know, like what you wear should represent your brand oh, and your right. personality because it's like, I want you to feel comfortable on stage. Right. And whatever that is, whatever that outfit is, is what you should be wearing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and when you told me that, I was like, okay, because I talked to other people and they were like, well, you need to be dressed like this. And I just, I was like, no. And they're like, why? You got to be dressed to impress. I can dress to impress in blue jeans, I promise, with some boots or some sandals with some heels. I threw away the skirts and the jacket pantsuits and all of that the day I made the decision I was never going back to corporate. Um, Very good. And I, I, I've not bought one since. <laughs> nice. Now, I do have some jackets, like some are fitted um, some are leather looking and then some like a blue jean, you know, they're, they can be dressed up. But like I said, I can dress them up just fine without. Um, That's right. Now you mentioned earlier that stepping into being a speaker has empowered you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more on that? It's empowered me to realize um, what I'm capable of, how far I've come. Um, it's empowered me that I, you know, showing me that I do have a story to share, but not only that I have a story to share, that I can make an impact in other people's lives, Mm -hmm. that I can make an impact in someone's life. Um, and to me, that's everything because if, when I was first starting, I had someone who it was, matter of fact, it was before I went full time, um, uh, she was coaching me. And she believed in me more than I believed in myself at the time, because I still didn't see it possible. Mm-hmm. And she was actually the one that says, Lisa, she says, there's going to be a door that's going to open. Just know when it opens, you need to take it. And I think it was like seven months after we stopped working together that, that the, the door opened. <laughs> um, and I didn't see that it was a door then. Um, but I do now, and I believe it's led me to where I'm at. And I feel, I feel even more empowered to be able to speak and say, Hey, look, it's okay if you don't see it yet, but I, I promise you can get there. And, and, you know, I tell people all the time, they'll tell me, well, Lisa, that's great, but I'm not making enough money to where I can do this and and save for that and save for later. And I tell people all the time, sure, you you know, maybe not. I've been there. I've been broke. So I know how that works. However, majority of the time, if we actually do a deep dive into our expenses, we find things that if we would really, truly cut, we could. You know, all those years I was paying for cable that if I would have made the decision, no, I don't watch that much TV and would have cut cable out, I could have saved for many trips, right? But it was something I decided I wanted. Why? I have no idea. So Um, I'm hearing like this empowerment is also self-trust. 
Yeah. Trusting yourself that you're on the right path, trusting yourself that you are going to, you know, share your story to this audience and know that you're going to impact the right people. I'm going to, I'm going to impact the right people. I'm going to touch the right people. Um, Someone out there is going to hear what they needed to hear and it's going to change their, their lives. I mean, I have a lady who's in my group. I brag about her all the time. Um, she's on a fixed income. She's, you know, she's on a fixed income. She lives in Canada and it was her goal to be as far away from Canada as possible during the winter and be in Mexico. And I did not know this until after she had done it, but she'd been in my group and she'd been reading my posts. She'd been listening to my, my Facebook lives and she went and did those buckets re looked at her expending and put enough money aside to where she paid six months in rent for Mexico, paid for her flight. And she spent the entire six months of winter over in Mexico with one of her daughters and then went back to Canada when winter was over and her goal is to do it again next year. And I told her, her, her. You, you know how to do it, yeah. you know, and she, she said she'd, she told me that she would have never thought that that was possible until I showed her that. And, and what I told her was, it's not how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Right. Thank you. It's not, it's how, it's how much you do with it. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I can see why you're proud of her. I, uh, I am. I'm like, <laughs> it makes me, it's, and technically she's not even a client, but I still made an impact yeah. on someone that didn't think they couldn't do something and found out, oh, wait, I can. And that's exactly what happens when you start sharing your story and sharing your <laughs> message with the masses. A um, couple of final questions. And what's it been like working together? Um, you call me out on my BS, which is something I need. I think I told you that from the beginning. Um, but you know, I also said the other day that you find a story in everything, um, which I kind of like sometimes. Um, <laughs> but honestly, working with you has been great. And I don't know if I would have, I don't think I would be at where I'm at in my self-confidence as far as um, speaking and, and feeling like this is where I need to be. Um if it wasn't um, working with you, um, you helped me with the hard part. And I can talk about money and the stuff all day. It's crafting all that stuff together. But you, you and I, we mesh because we can talk about it. And then we, we form it from there. And so I'm forming my own craft. I'm crafting it, but I'm not having to think from it and type it. You know what I mean? We're like voicing it out together. And that's um, not a lot of people do it that way, um, but it's what works for me. And I think you saw that and you go, well, what about this, Lisa? And I'll go, no, I want to do it. But, oh, you know what? And then we, and the next thing I know, I've got a, a speech crafted. Um, and I'm realizing that I can tweak one, tweak something and make it a different. <laughs> yeah. Because I am not about let's recreate the wheel every single time that we're speaking. Let's just keep like, all right, what can we use from this presentation? Mm -hmm. Cause especially if um, like, let's just take this, um, this woman who asked you to come back next year, 
So you spoke about money stories this year. We're going to talk about money management next next year. And it's like, what segments can we just reuse? And now, like, what do we need to fine tune and craft? You're right. I am all about repurposing, recycling, you know, everything that we have. And you know, I'm a big fan of templates. Yeah. And, 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 and finding that, and, and again, it's kind of the same thing with, with my clients is I'm, it's being shown that's easier than what it seems. Um, but I don't think, I don't think I'd be where I'm at as far as the confidence goes and feeling like this is where I'm, the stage is where I belong. Um, yes, I want to do more podcasts, but the stage is, um, I used to think it was like on the news that I belong and, and I've changed my mind. Um, and I've just the stage where I'm able to reach the people that I'm supposed to reach. Great. I love that. Would you share with everybody where they can find you, stalk you, follow you and continue to learn from you? Um, all over social media. <laughs> uh, my Facebook is Facebook and Instagram is the sassy wealth coach, uh, personal page, um, which is a lot of people have followed me is, uh, Lisa SWC, um, Lisa Marie SWC, excuse me. Um, I'll be down below. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had to think about it. Sorry. And then my website is the sassy wealth coach.com. Um, those are all the places. I mean, I'm all, I'm always on social. I'm not, it looks like I'm always on social media. Those are the ways you can contact me, um, you know, or through my website um, and see all the things that I'm about. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story, sharing your passion and just sharing your journey from, you know, like from that time that you raised your hand and said, yep, I think I want to do the speaking thing. I know, right? It has been such a fun journey. And, and from, from my perspective, you know, as your coach, you know, just seeing you evolve as a speaker and you have definitely, um, have I evolved? (laughs) Oh, you really have. You have, you've trusted, I think there's more to go, but (laughs) you've trusted my process. You trust me and my process. And, um, there are a lot of times you're right. Like I see stories and everything, and you do, you just trust me and just like, okay, okay, I'll trust you. And it, I'm not sure out. about this, but okay, I will trust you. <laughs> That's right. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and your story with my listeners and for everybody that's out there, you know, we will touch base next week. So make sure you are being in demand. Are you ready to leverage speaking as your best form of marketing? There are over 7,500 events looking for speakers every single day. Speaking positions you as the expert in the room, but you probably don't know where to start. So I created this great resource called the Directory of Places to Speak. This resource will help you get started today. So head on over to speakandstandout.com forward slash directory to grab your free copy now. Don't miss this opportunity to be the expert speaking to audiences filled with your ideal clients.